Welcome to the Scorpio Wolf Podcast. This is your host, JC. So in prior episodes, we've talked about the Scorpio psychic characteristics and we kind of went over some of the traits and traits and characteristics of a Scorpio. And then we kind of let went left into the next topic, which was the, the three major relationship types, what a twin flame is, soulmates, when you meet the soulmates, the karmic uh, relationships that we encounter in our lives. Now we're going to get into story time. And this is a story about myself meeting my twin flame and, you know, the the events that it kind of culminated into meeting my twin flame, what kind of went into it, what my situation was, because meeting a twin flame is not something that just, it, it's not something that's planned for. You never plan for meeting your twin flame. And, you know, there's things that go on that go on in your life that you don't plan on having to, having happen to you. And so this story relates to a lot of people that I've talked to about this situation, about this journey. And I'm just going to kind of share it with you. It kind of leaves it open for you to for you all to send in your stories as well. And we can kind of visit those in later episodes, stories about how you met your twin flame. And we could probably do segments of that stuff, too, if you want to send video video recordings or or uh, recording voice recordings to my inbox uh, on Spotify. So if you want to do that, kind of send me your, you know, leave comments as well, kind of so we know that we are on the right page with these of, of these situations. So that being said, let's get to the story now. So I kind of had to take it back to when I, and this is about 10 years ago. This has almost been 10 years in the process right now. So about 10 years ago, I was, uh, Working as, a, let's say, an accountant for, I'm, just, I'm not going to put on real names or anything like that, but I was working for an accountant for a, a major oil and gas company. And I'd been working there for about 10 years, and, and a lot of things were going on. There was a lot of movement. I was promoted several times. So, like, I was, you know, I was feeling so into my, I was so into myself. I was, you know, working hard, getting recognized for my hard work. And then, like, some strange thing happened, you know? It's one of those things that does, it just, I, I had my tower moment. I had really had my tower moment hit me to cause me to, to, to do something different in my life. And that tower moment came when um, we hired somebody new. I had been promoted yet again, and now I had left my old desk, my old duties behind, and someone was taking over that. And I had new responsibilities. I was up there with the managers. We were having managers meetings. We were having manager lunch outs, you know, luncheons, and we we're doing, you know, I was in the management level of things. I was in that level, and I was very, I was kind of happy with it. I was happy being in that that level of achievement, but it also was very stagnant. I wasn't growing. It's like kind of like me meeting that uh that ceiling when it the ceiling in a job where you can't see yourself growing anymore. That's where I kind of felt like. And it kind of felt like I was at that, I had hit that point where there was much, not much growth. It's going to take time to grow some more from there because there's not that many levels going up. So, but this is what ended up happening to me. And it, and then like, when, if I tell, when I tell you this, you're going to understand why I did the things I did. Uh, but, you know, they had hired this new girl and she had been working there not, not even like six months. And in, account, in the accounting world, uh, six months of doing things is just doing it six times. So 
you don't you counting you go in cycles and every month is a cycle so this person this person only had only done their job six times but they were bored at the time the person that i had left my desk to my old job um, transferred to another department so it left my old desk vacant but you know instead of moving this person in this new girl into that position instead what they ended up doing and this is kind of weird way of doing things which is kind of kind of what made me mad at the moment is that they moved this person into my into into my current position at the management level management of the IT de, IT department and so and moved me back down to that accounting desk and that kind of like that kind of infuriated me that kind of made me upset because here's some girl that's been only there for six months and just because you don't want to lose her you move her into my my new position my promoted position that was very prestigious at the time but the way the manager told me it was like he said my my the director of the company the accounting department said um you know i was the only one that knew how to do that job i was the only one that knew how to do that job that they had to had to make the movements to in order for that and then i kind of asked the question well this girl's only been here six months how does what experience does she have to do my job and i was like and they were like well you know it's like we're gonna strip most of the duties off of that desk and make it like more her level in which you know that just infuriated me more so you're gonna take a prestigious desk rip it apart to make it just accommodate this this young girl that's coming in into just been here six months and put me back down at my level of, of uh, you know, what I had already accomplished. And so there was no argument about it. There's like what he had seen. And the, said, the thing that stuck with me a lot from what he said is that there's a lot. And it's kind of doesn't make sense until now. But he said there was a lot of and it, it kind of rings true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, you know, it rings true for what I was, you know, looking at. But it was like he had he mentioned the phrase there are things going on in the background that mm-hmm. you are not aware of and that's that's kind of stuck to me today and it kind of like when i glance back at that situation yeah there's a lot of stuff going on and i'm thinking not thinking of it you know from that business perspective from that manager telling me that's that situation about stuff going on in the background but more of like a spiritual and a you know a life life thing you know things are going on the universe is making changes in the background and and moving me around so he it, it kind of forced my hand that was my tire moment you know you know even though i didn't get stripped of my pay or or the title um i was back down to doing what i was doing before but you know the pay was still the same but i was bored you know i had i had perfected this desk to be done by anybody in a two weeks two week period so it's like two weeks of work and then two weeks of not doing anything kind of just like looking busy but not really busy until, and I kind of went that for like a month, maybe two months before a coworker approached me with an opportunity. And it's because this opportunity that was offered to her, because I guess she was looking uh, elsewhere for, for work because, you know, things were not looking good for her either. Um, she offered, she, she came to me and told me, this is right up your alley. This is something that you might be interested in. There, you know, this company's offering, you know, for a consultant, consulting work. 
But the only thing that I can't do from what she told me is that she can't travel. She has a she had a newborn. She couldn't really travel that much. And so she was saying, well, this is right up your alley. If you really want to take it, here it is. And so that he gave, she gave me this information. I applied for the job. You know, I, you know, I took long lunch breaks to have interviews with my, with the, with the people from this new company. Um, there were only 15 people in this company. It's just like a start. It's just a very startup company. They've only had 15 employees. So I thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity, an opportunity to start with somebody at the beginning and kind of grow from there. So I took, you know, I took the opportunity. I, you know, I took the interviews. Um, I didn't meet anybody until the day they came. One of them drove down from Dallas to, uh, to give me an offer letter. And that was, uh, and he, he kind of took that three hour drive. I was about to be, I was about to go cut coach my little, my son, my old, youngest, my oldest son's soccer team. And I met him at Starbucks and he gave me the information and here's my offer letter. The offer was pretty good. And so, you know, that was, that was me putting my two weeks notice into my old job. And I was able to train my replacement in a week because it was so simple. I mean, everything was written down. Everything was so simple. Everything. It was something that that girl could have done, you know, easily, easily with the, with all the documentation I had. And so there goes my journey. There's my, that terror moment forced by hand, the universe forced by hand to take this opportunity up north. And so the very first day of my new job, I drove up north to the Dallas area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, or actually Fort Worth mainly because that's where most of my story begins is in the Fort Worth area. Now, you know, being the first time that this is, you know, I did have a family. I did have, I was in a relationship. Um, so this was a little, little bit of a change for everybody because now I'm not going to be home all the time. I'm going to be home, you know, half the time. And traveling Monday through Thursdays, coming back Thursday evenings. But I was leaving at Mondays, dropping off the kid, my kiddos, and then heading up north. And then, and I did this for about, about, you know, I was getting into the, the routine of doing it. I was like, the routine at first was like, since it's something new to me, I didn't know what to do with my time. I had all this free time. I didn't have the kids to, to deal with. And I just kind of like had all this opportunity and all this time to do something more. But the first two months, the first two months, I kind of did my work at the client's office, came back to the hotel, you know, had dinner, and then I went to my room. And that was it. That's all I did. Maybe hit the gym every now and then, but that was about all I did for two months. And then, like, I started sitting at the bar, you know, the bar that's the hotel bar, and I kind of started talking to people and then somebody mentioned, you know, and this is why I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably going to be putting this as explicit because they, someone offered, said, Hey, you know, there's this, this, you know, I know this place that you can go to have fun, have drinks, really cheap drinks because the bar drinks there are like $8 and, you know, can't be drinking two or three drinks because then it's like 30 bucks right there. So like they, the guy's like, yeah, he gave me a card for this place. And um, this is why it's going to be explicit because, and I know, I know some people might drop off with this, this story, but this, this card was to, uh, to go visit a gentleman's club in the Fort Worth area. And it's a well-known, it was a, like a, it was a, it was a small well-known club there that 
everybody goes to during the week. So, you know, one day it's like, well, let's let's do this. Let's let's just go. I've never I've I had only been to those kind of places and this is me at the age of 34, 35, 35, 34. So I had only been to those places once, once, once for my friend's bachelor party that I threw for him. And a, a, the other time was when I was in college and I wasn't, I really didn't visit those places left because back then you didn't have, I didn't have money back then to go. And that, I know that a lot of people, places, you know, they ask for a lot of money. You throw a lot, a lot of money gets thrown around at those kind of places. So the very following night after that, getting that card, it's like, it kind of draw my attention to going out there. So I started going out there and, you know, like the drink specials are great. The women were friendly, you know, but at the same time, I kind of, you know, me being very empathetic or, you know, sensing energy at the time, I didn't know what it was like that sense, but I could tell which one the good ones were versus which ones were just in it for the money, which ones were like the, were not there because of choice, but for circumstances and the ones that were just making a, making a quick buck. I could tell the differences between the two. And, you know, I'm the, you know, being a Scorpion, you've already heard about the the stories about Scorpios and how we are. Um, I get into a habit of things. So if you, if I get a waitress, that's going to give me great service. I don't have to, you know, ask, be looking for them every time I go, you know, they, they're, they come in at check on me every so often. You know, that's going to be my waitress for, for a while. For a while, and I had this waitress. I had this waitress. The first waitress I had was a very good waitress. She attended to me. She brought, she made sure my drink was always full when I needed it full. And you know, back then, and this this is during the week. During the weeks, they had like really great drink specials. It's like two dollar Tuesdays and three dollar Wednesdays and crowning down for three bucks. So it was way <laughs> it was way less expensive than going to the hotel bar. I mean, there was a ten dollar cover charge, but you know. Um, ten dollars is not much when it compared to like the price I was paying for like four drinks at the bar. So it kind of went on for like this for months. A couple months go by. I kind of check out some other clubs around the area, but I always end up coming back to this one. And you know, I was going to another club for a while, uh, a little further up north from this one, and. For some reason, I was just drawn to come back. Like it was something was telling me that I needed to go back to that that club and and, and check it out again. And when I did, the the energy in that when I first come got there, you know, again after being in hiatus for such a while, um, I kind of felt something different about the air. There was something different. I was I was being drawn magnetically to this place. And there was something different that I couldn't put my finger on at the time. And again, my my uh, my waitress was out; it was still the working there. So, of course, I rec- rec- requested for her every time I go. And you know, on several occasions, um, this one girl would would ask me if I needed any assistance, and I would say, "Yeah, is so and so working tonight?" And she would say, "Yeah, let me go find her and everything like that." So. But then after mm-hmm. after meeting that and seeing that energy, I kind of felt something different about this girl. There's something there's something like it's kind of like a like a, when you talk about the twin flame journey and you feel the soul recognition of your other half, you start you start to understand what it is 
at the time you don't really know what's going on, but you know that something something is gonna ha- something is gonna develop from that relationship. And and she was just a waitress. She was just another waitress because I already had already got set on my one waitress. And it's funny how the universe does certain things and kind of moves things around in order for it to be more official. And one of the things that I've what that ended up happening and I kind of kind of chuckle at it every single time is and and I kind of told my 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 twin flame the same story and but not like telling her that she's a twin flame or anything but just telling her the story. And it's like so one night I'm drawn to go one night and for some reason the same 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 girl comes ask and asks the same waitress comes and checks on me and she's like um it's like you're looking for your waitress right and i go yeah like have you seen her it's like i think i saw her so let me go look for her so you know 15 minutes go by she's she comes back she's like can't find her i've looked in the you know dressing rooms i looked everywhere for her and i don't see her and i don't see her on the floor i don't see her anywhere and she's not one of those she was she's not a smoker she's not this my my this girl's not a smoker and so she didn't bother to check outside where, where all the people were smoking. That's where my waitress was for the night. But at the, you know, at the time we were like, we just can't find her. We just like, well, it was already like an hour, almost like 30 minutes in. I hadn't had a drink. You know, I wanted to unwind for the day. You know, look at the, what, you know, the activity that's going around all around me. It's like, so, you know, just soak in the atmosphere. And when I mean soak in the atmosphere, I don't mean, um, being googly googly or crazy over the women that were topless at the bar at the at the place because they were topless women dancing and parading topless around the whole club it wasn't that um and it's this is part of my scorpio part of me coming out at that point i was more observant of the people that were visiting these places and i was you know it's kind of funny because i was like i observed certain people like observed like i made some observations like anytime you anytime I saw a military guy or dressed in camouflage, like from the military, like dressed in full attire, I kind of observed the fact that they would be very uh, feeling entitled to touching women and treating and grabbing them and grabbing them when they're not off, the, you know, have permission to slapping them or slapping them on the butt, you know, doing certain things. Um, and, and feeling like entitled, like, I'm fighting for your country. Like, the word, the phrases I would hear from them say is, I'm fighting for your country. You should, I should at least get something for free, you know? That kind of entitlement. And yes, they, they are deserving of that, but not at, not be that disrespectful at the same time. So I kind of found, I find a lot of military guys, about 90% of them were like that. Another, another observation that I made was that I was observing a group of Japanese businessmen. Like they're like all with their white gloves and they had their suits on and and um, everything. It was like it was it was funny. It was funny how they came in to compare to how they left. Because when they left, <laughs> they were like had some couple drinks in them. Um, they weren't like they didn't have the gloves were off. Um, their suits like they had their suit. They had the ties taken off of their suits. Their ties were around their heads. That's where their ties were. And they were like, you know, hooping and hollering and, and just having a whole whole mess of a good time. So I was observing all the people around me and how they were having good times. 
Um, yes, the women were nice to look at, very nice and very, um, very pretty and very, uh, you know, eye-opening. Some of them are really good and some of them, you know, not so good dancers. But seeing the people, that's what really drove me to go to this place. Not only to like just people watch, like I, I love people watching. I love seeing, observing how people react to certain situations. But at the same time, I'm drawn to this place. I'm drawn to this one place. And, and you know, it took me a while to figure out why I was drawn to this one place. So they can't, again, let's go back to where I was talking about my waitress. I couldn't find my waitress. So, of course, she offered to, to be my waitress for the night. And, and this, this, this woman that's been, you know, constantly checking in on me for the past month or so has been, you know, and knowing that I had my certain waitress in a certain, certain situation, and I said, okay, well, you know, she's not here, so let's let's have you be my waitress tonight. And she she like the big smile across her face, like she really is like happy to do it. And she was like very attentive, very very attentive, very talkative. She would she would do a lot of things that I would never see another waitress do. And that's like, and you know, I you know, yes, I'm probably gonna get comments that that's that's her job. They're supposed to do that. They're supposed to to talk to you and do stuff and that's because that's that's how they get their tips but this is this is totally different this was somebody that had um that wasn't used to it at the time she wasn't used to doing all this stuff she was still she was still new to the and i'm just gonna say strip club world and and, because she had come from a restaurant world but the restaurant world that she did come from was from another scantily scantily dressed waitresses as well from there uh ojos locos which is a it's a latin hooters pretty much so i think she's you were used to people gawking at her but at the same time she, this was her first time like being around p- people being topless and you know you know they're they're there for a reason and, and that's why it's you know that's kind of like kind of like i kind of like uh, how do i explain it it was kind of different for her, for her. And then when she got the opportunity to, and then like we, and to serve me and she served me attendantly, you know, and then like she, she was busy at the time. She was busy, super busy. She was a hustler. She was like going table to table, like a butterfly, just kind of like, you know, checking up on everybody, make sure they're okay. And then like, but she would, it was funny because she would rush things. She would rush through the, you know, checking up on the tables and then she would come sit down with me and talk to me some more. And so it kind of just kind of grew from there. And that's kind of like where I and then the funny thing about that night is that my my waitress, the one my, that I had always been having come around in service and have and bring me drinks, shows up and says, oh, this is so, and you know, oh, you're, you got so and so. I was in the back. I was taking a smoke. I was back there a pretty long time. Good hour. And she goes, but you're in good hands. I mean, she's she's a great girl. You're in good hands. And, you know, those words are kind of stuck to me. Yeah, I'm in good hands because, you know, that's my person. That's my twin flame. And, again, the universe does so many things strange to line people up. Um, my waitress, because she's been my waitress since, like, four, like several months now. She, my, my usual waitress, my the waitress I go to. And, you know, at, after that moment... She was never my waitress again. She was never, she was not there when I came in to ask for her. She was not, she would, she would be, 
she she turned from waitress to dancer. So she wouldn't be waitressing tables anymore. And then she wouldn't be there at, you know, anymore. And it's, and it's kind of, it, it's, you know, looking back at it, it's like, you know, she was just a placeholder for my twin flame to come in and talk to me. She was just a placeholder. And then as soon as, as soon as that union meeting happened, she, she was out of it. She was no longer around. She was hard. She, I couldn't get her to be my waitress anymore. She was either too busy. She was like dancing or she was doing, she was not there at all. So it's, it's strange how the universe opens up those, those lines for you. And, um, it's, you know, it's kind of, it had to, everything had to be in sync. There had to be a lot of things happening in order for that to happen. And if you notice that, like I started off with my story about work, if I hadn't, hadn't been disappointed and hadn't had that tire moment at work, I wouldn't have gone looking for another job and I wouldn't have got a job that got me traveling up north and wouldn't have a job that were, wouldn't have me at that hotel where I would get that card, where I'd go, where I would go the following day, uh, and a few months down the road meet this and after a while come back to that same bar, same, same gentleman's club where I would meet and eventually meet my twin flame and you know, start from there. But that is the story of my weaning. It was very, like, it was synchronized. Things were happening for reasons. You know, people, things got removed out of my way in order to get to that point to where I met my twin flame. But there always was that soul recognition with her. Like, I, you know, when I really, like, got up close with her and actually felt, I, I always felt that when she started working there. I felt something was strange. And like I was saying in my story, something was, it was different from that club. Something was different, you know, when I came back after being gone for a couple of months. Something had changed, and that was her being there and her asking me, you know, asking me to, asking me if I was doing okay and, and stuff like that. And, you know, at the time, it's like things were okay at home, not to the point where I wanted them to be, but things were, you know, things happened for a reason, and a lot of things happened and lined that up for me. So that is the story of my meeting my twin flame. I'll probably go into more more details about that in later episodes because but that's that's my meeting with her. And I'll kind of emphasize that whole dynamic of after meeting her and how we ended up being, you know, friends at first and then the separation and then the the coming back and then the separation again. So I'll talk about the runner chaser scenario a little bit later. Uh, but that also opens up like how I met some of my friends too, because some of my friends, I have some, a lot of friends that work at the strip club that, or used to work. I'm sorry. The ones, the friends I have made at strip, the strip club that I know that used to dance there, they no longer dance there. They're actually thriving in their own businesses, uh, thriving in their new work environment. They've, they've gone out of it. And I'd kind of like to think that I had some say in that and kind of like when they met me and they talked about their inspirations and desires that it kind of talking to me, I kind of felt like maybe that was, you know, something that I've helped out a little bit in. And so I kind of take that to heart a lot of times because I just still talk to a lot of them, um, not to my twin flame right now as of right now, but I don't know, maybe in the future, I kind of think of it like. I uh, now you'll probably hear me talk about the movie. Uh, uh, what's that one? Definitely, maybe with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, 
Amy, Amy, I was supposed to her last name, I forgot, the, the one that played the Lois Lane in the Super uh, Superman movies, the new ones, um, they kind of reminded me of that, that movie, you know, when, when people, the person that, you know, that's meant for you comes in and out of your life at different points in your life, you can, you know, at that moment in my life, I, I was at a stagnant situation, I didn't, you know, I had started this new job. It was exciting, but at the same time, not exciting because I was still learning. Um, so I was at the bottom again. I was at the bottom trying to work my way up. And that's where she came in. And that's uh, that's where my story is going to start. You know, if you guys have stories to share with me, I would be, you know, very honored to be presenting them into into net future podcasts. I'd, I'd appreciate the you know, the comments, the support, uh, that you guys have given me so far. Um, and any kind of story that I can post up here or any kind of feedback, that's, that'd be great. Uh, we can read, you know, if you want to write it down, I can read it on here and kind of go through your story too. Um, all that stuff, you know, it's like, this is, we're all on this journey. We're all on this. A lot of us are on this journey already. We already met our twin flame. That's me, me, mine. Uh, but thank you again for tuning in and listening to my, uh, story. This has been, um, I kind of needed to get this out there and, you know, kind of recorded. So I kind of know I can come back and look at it later on in life and see that this stuff had happened to me, you know, as long as it's 10, 10 years ago, I was in my mid thirties at that time. I'm in my mid forties now. So, and I think uh, she's in her mid thirties right now as well. So she's at the point where I started this journey. So um, it's opened a lot of eyes for me. A lot of, it's opened up my eyes for a bit for seeing the world a little differently. And it's also opened up my um, abilities in the psychic well, or like psychic area. Mostly not psychic, but mostly like emo- feeling energy is where I'm kind of feeling it more. So that being said, thank you for joining me. Leave me a comment. Uh, send me emails. Leave me a voicemail to the Spotify messages. Um, my email is jlobo1978.41 at gmail.com. So if you want to just send me a message there, we can, you can send me a message there. But otherwise, thank you for joining me. It, it was a nice 30-minute uh, spiel about my story. Uh, kind of got a little bit of the same stuff I talked about in my Scorpio characteristics and traits. But, you know... You, it kind of it all it all it all culminates to one big story. So, uh, thank you for joining me, and y'all have a great day. And hit that like, uh, you know, follow, subscribe to the channel. Uh, also, I one more thing I kind of forgot. I keep forgetting to do that because I really don't ask for money. But if you want to donate to the channel to continue it going, you know, there's a donation bar. Uh, you can make monthly contributions. I'm not doing subscriptions. I want it to be free. But if you want to help out. And donate a little bit here and there. That's that's fine too. But you don't have to. It's just, I feel like I need to get my story out and kind of relate to people. Um, get my story out so that it, you know we can help each other out get through these journeys because this these journeys are very rough. They're very rough and they're very emotionally tolling. And I know that a lot of people out there are are going through the same same scenarios that I went through. And it's just kind of to ease you into a little bit more of the journey because if you kind of this is the part where I was talking about how emotion, emotionals that Scorpios get, how emotionally deeply invested they are in people, and how those in, how those emotions lead to insecurities. And you know, when you meet your twin flame and you meet your other half, 
they're a reflection of you. They are really a reflection of you. They show you your insecurities, you know, not even having to, like, they'll, they'll just show you the insecurities and the, the, the feeling of losing that, that uh, possibility, you know, with this person is really, it really throws you for a loop and it really turns your world upside down. So that's kind of where I'm kind of heading with the, with these podcasts to kind of go over that, that upside down feeling and how things get thrown into different perspectives and how things move into other things. But that being said, thank you for joining me again. Um, y'all have a great, wonderful night or evening or morning, whatever time you've listened to this podcast. And thank you for listening. Have a great one. Bye.